Hey, you are listening to the Grumpy Guy BJJ podcast. Hey, what's up, guys? Got to take care of a few things before we jump into this week's episode. First, our ramping isometrics for BJJ program. It is a 12-week program all laid out for you. It's going to help you build strength and cardio in the fastest, safest, and most convenient way possible. This is how James and I have been training for the past year, and we love it. So we put this program together so you can just follow along, and we are certain you will see and feel the benefits that we do. It's only 15 bucks. Just go to GrumpyGuyBJJ.com, click the drop-down menu in the upper right-hand corner, and you'll find it. Next, R3. Is this is our K2 D3 supplement. It is a combination combination of those two vitamins D3 and K2. These are two vitamins that James and I have been taking for a long time that really help us recover from hard training sessions. And for only 15 bucks with free shipping, you get a whole month supply. I was going to pull up some studies explaining the benefits of D3 and K2, but I'm not going to insult your intelligence and pretend to be a fucking scientist. I take it it helps me recover. That's it. So for 15 bucks, check it out. And last but certainly not least, we have partnered up with Dejitsu.com. They have a ton of awesome BJJ instructionals, and they have hooked us up with a discount code for our listeners. It's Grumpy10. So what you got to do is you go to Dejitsu.com, which is D-I-G-I-T-S-U.com. Find the instructionals you want, throw them in a shopping cart, in the little discount code box, you type in Grumpy10, which is just G-R-U-M-P-Y, and the number 10, one zero. That's it. No spaces. Boom. You get 10% off. You're up and running. They got a nice app you can download on your phone. That way you can take your instructions right to the gym with you, watch the technique, drill it. It's a pretty sweet setup. So once again, D-I-G-I-T-S-U.com, discount code Grumpy10, G-R-U-M-P-Y, one zero. Simple as that. To find all this stuff I just got done talking about, go to our website, grumpyguybjj.com. Click the drop-down menu in the upper right-hand corner. There, you'll subscribe to our newsletter for podcast updates. You'll find links for the Ramping ISOs program, the R3 Recovery Supplement, and then under the Programs and Products tab, you'll find a link to dejitsu.com. And let's be honest, if you guys can't figure out how to navigate a website by now, there's nothing I can do to help you. So quit fucking around. Check it out, train hard, and let's get into this week's episode. And boom. Boom, boom. Here we are. Back once again, Saturday morning, early pre-training yes. podcast. Dude, today's a momentous day. It today is. we are going to have our first rolls at Fruit of BJJ. This evening, after this we take the mats. Yes. <clears throat> to me, it's exciting. I mean, yeah, it is I exciting. Today, that was one of the first things I thought about when I woke up this morning. I was like, huh, so we're going to be taping the mats. We're going to be training on some new mats tonight. Yeah. Yep. Breaking it in. It's going to be a real jiu-jitsu. Who's, uh, who's coming to help take the mats, did you say? Uh, man, last night, uh, Callum said he wanted to come by. Um, Nick, Brazilian Nick. Dude, he's all super pumped. He quit his job. He, yeah, I kind of caught that in passing. So he's got like a bunch more time to train. <laughs> so he's like, yeah. It's he keeps place getting these jobs to where he like works more than I do. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, when you're kid, young, man. you got to take what you can get. Yeah. So. Good for him. He's a hard worker, dude. Yeah. Yeah. When he he's does a good it. kid, man. I wish he was around more. Yeah. I like Nick. I say kid. He's not that young anymore. I know he's not, but. I know well, shit. He's probably 15. He's years always going to be a kid to us. Yeah, That's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> so. He's a good kid, man. Yeah. Uh, he's going to come by. Um, Trey said he'd uh, stop by. I know Louie 
um, is coming by. Hell He's yeah, going to be man. dusting off his shit. So, yeah, it'll be a small little handful. Um, you know, you see what we run into at training today at Grand Valley, and if there's anyone that we want to say stop by. But, uh, yeah, it'll be kind of like, I'll have a more official, like, you know, grand opening, grand opening mat. Yeah. Well, there'll be a grand opening, but I'm going to have, like, a grand open mat. Grand oh. You know what I mean? So, like, this, because we're not going to have our grand opening until, like, the first of next month. Like, right. That's when we're officially going to be open and servicing the public and doing all that stuff. But, like, we're going to be in there doing shit before that, obviously. Right. So, yeah, I want to have, like, our, you know, grand open mat where I, you know, invite, invite people to come and have, like, a, you know, kind of a official, unofficial thing, bust out some barbecue or whatever and have a little jujitsu party and uh so yeah we'll definitely do that here in the next week or two but just today i think we need to make set that as a goal we got to figure out how to make enough profit profit soon enough to buy a good grill for the gym a good what grill grill okay yes yes so open mat barbecue so you open mat and we got a we got a sweet setup for it yep out back yeah have a grill set up and yeah Right there, yep. No, that'll be, oh, uh, be kind of cool. Especially so. come summertime, you know, it's getting nice out. Yeah. Get the grill fired up towards the end of the training session. Yes. Throw some burgers and shit on. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Now I've always, uh, yeah, it's always been one of those things I thought would be cool. It would be cool. So, well, uh, it'll be fun, man. I'm super excited. I haven't been this excited about something in a long time. Like, I wake up every day, like, pumped. I wake up in the middle of the night. And I'm like, fuck, it's still nighttime. <laughs> fuck, it's still nighttime. I want it to be tomorrow. <laughs> it's not tomorrow yet. I got exciting shit to do. You know, part of the, <clears throat> a lot of times when I, I wake up early in the morning and it's like, ah, should I sleep a little longer or should I get up? It's most of my motivation is like, oh, it's today. I can get up. Like, I'm excited. Like, I got I got stuff I'm going to do today. Yeah. Let's just get up and get started. Yeah. Like, I, That's a good feeling, it man. It is. It's not, it's easy to get like. You know, a little lethargic. You get in your routine, and it's not a bad routine. Like not all routines are bad, but they're right. still routines. routines. <clears throat> so, you know, they can get comfortable, and it's uh, dude, comfort is the death zone. So you're not growing. That's for sure. When you're comfortable, you're not growing. So this is uh, definitely not comfortable. Has been. We were talking about it last night. Like we, I gotta fucking look at the timetable. I'm pretty sure it's three weeks. Like, we, I went from, I'm opening a gym, like, flipping that switch in my head, to... Mats. Mats and a jiu-jitsu gym. Place. Yeah, everything ready to roll in three weeks. That's insane. Yeah. It's, <clears throat> it's like the universe, it was the right timing. Yeah. And everything just fell into place. It had it, to be. It had, and dude, it's crazy. Yeah. Because if you were to, if you were to come to somebody with a business plan, be like, all right, I'm going to open up a jiu-jitsu gym, here's a, here's a location that, you know, I might be interested in renting... Or not even have a location. Yeah, you didn't have you know, nothing. Like, I had, yeah, not, you just, I had no plans, but I'm going to do it But if you come weeks. to somebody, and say, yeah, <laughs> I just have this idea. Yeah. I just have this idea. I want to open up a jiu-jitsu gym. And the deadline for me to like actually almost be operational is like three to four weeks from today. People would be like, get out of here. Yeah. Know, that's not going to... And then all of a sudden, it's like... <laughs> it's like momentum like took off. It's like that snowball started going down that hill. Yeah. And you weren't stopping it. No. It was just like... It's like the universe is like, ah... You finally saw the light. Sometimes you just got to hang on for the ride, man. Yeah. yeah. There was, there was, we were, you were in the back corner of that cave and the light was out there. Yeah. And then, then the, it just kind of shone through. Just got to take that first step. Yeah. yeah. It's funny, man. Like the timing was great. I mean, the space we got, I'm just trying to think, like I couldn't think of a better space to start. 
it's you know we're gonna have 600 square feet of mat space so it's plenty of room to start and grow and by the time you fill that that's a good problem to have yep. and moving mm -hmm. a bigger spot so you know it's not a huge um you know not leasing like a 5,000 square foot spot with 1,500 square feet of mat. I mean, that's a lot of overhead. So starting businesses, man, it's good to make small bets. Like that's the way to do it is people get themselves in trouble with the, uh, just the giant overhead. Like I'm going to get a big bank loan. I'm going to build out this big gym and it's going to fucking have all the top shit. And it's like, no, man, that's, it's, uh, it's funny. I've learned, I didn't, uh, I learned a lot of lessons opening my other gym. For sure, just like buying shit that I didn't need. Cause you had two different locations here in town, right? Yeah, you had Patterson and then uh, then over by yep. uh, Grand Valley. Well, right? Pura is in now. Pura Vita. Pura Vita's but in it was now. the same business. You hadn't like closed no. down and then do another venture. You just no. The three, we had a three year lease at our original spot, and it came up, and so we found that spot. Gotcha. Uh, and we just we signed another three year lease, and we got through. Almost, well, I forget how long it was. We were about, we were there about three years, and we I think we maybe it was a five year lease we'd signed because we still had a little bit of time on it, and uh, but yeah, and, and mainly we shut it down because my online stuff was doing where we didn't need the gym to pay our bills, and like the gym, man, running the gym's a giant time suck. Right, it's a lot of work. A lot of work, and if you don't really love it. And man, I got to, the thing is, is coaching jujitsu is a completely different thing than coaching fitness. I mean, you've, you've had both experiences. Mm -hmm. You're a CrossFit coach and you coach jujitsu. I yeah. mean, there's a difference, yeah. right? I've, I've taught kettlebell classes, I mean, you know, and yeah. Oh, yeah, it's a difference. Different. Yeah. different. Totally different. Yeah, it's totally different. The, and it's very hard to stay as enthusiastic and as engaged when you're just coaching fitness than with jujitsu. Like jujitsu is just... Like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I could never get bored fucking talking to coaching jiu-jitsu. Yeah. And people the, come... You can. You'll get bored. You know, like, if you, you know, when you I do a basic class... You go to stuff. an extreme, I know. That's why, I'm, that's why, like, my first goal, again, I learned a lot of lessons, mm -hmm. which is I know that you can get burned out on shit if you do it too much. Yeah. And so that's where, like, you know, hiring coaches and having someone to, to help... Like, that's our first goal, right? Like, we still have to have a, a conversation so I can get a number from you because, you know, I've already told you, my first goal is to get where I can have you come and help coach classes. Like, it's not I get to make money. It's, no, 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 I want to invest in a fucking coach so that I'm not doing all the coaching because that's going to be the best way to keep everybody enthusiastic about this whole project uh, rather than doing it all yourself. So, no, I totally agree, but at, at, taken to an extreme, you can get tired of doing anything. Yep. But the overall just... You know, people approach jujitsu differently than they do going to a workout, doing fitness. You know, like when you come into jujitsu, you are coming there to learn a skill. When you go to work out, you're going there to work out. You, I just want to sweat. Exactly. That's the hardest thing that you have as a fitness coach is getting people to understand that like, no, you're practicing a movement skill. And if you don't practice it well, you're going to hurt yourself and you're going to cause problems. Like nine tenths of your job as a coach when you're doing fitness coaching stuff is making sure that people aren't hurting themselves right yeah and, and why are they hurt why are they about to hurt themselves all the time because they're not treating it like a skill and they're, they're, yeah they're not they're just attention. going to they're just going through the moves exactly they're like, just, I, just want to sweat. I don't want to think about this yeah just jump on a spin bike and, and go yeah and i just want to put my fucking headphones in and yeah. just uh, you know i don't want to hear it and you know you're an asshole for bothering them sometimes right like coming up like come on man no no we talked about this make sure that you're you know driving with the hips not using the lower back so much or or whatever it is and it's like 
there, it, it, some people are into it, but a lot of people are just hearing like, you know, wah, 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 and they're just like, dude, whatever, man. I just got to get my work in, you know, the fucking workout said I got to get five sets of five with, you know, 325 on this deadlift, man. So like the magic, it's fucking magic, right? It's a magic formula I have to follow. And it's like, oh God, it's, it's just so backwards. And so dealing with people in that environment Oh, it's just, it's so hard. I'm not made for it. I, I feel like fitness coaches, like, <clears throat> they're more like kind of the rah-rah, like the more kind of like rah-rah and like, yeah, you know, just upbeat you are kind of thing. Like being a highly technical coach doesn't necessarily benefit you coaching fitness on a regular basis. No, not for the masses. I mean, not if, for the masses. If you're, if you just have a few select clients, they can right. Really, like, you're working at a you level with a niche, right? Right. right? Which like, that's where it fits. Right. That's where it can fit. But if you just want to mass produce people, yes. make as much money as possible, or just you can't, you don't want. Do a general want, fitness. They don't want to hear no, you know, super technical, no, and nerd out on the movement patterns. And don't and give the, a fuck. Yeah, they, they just want to go in there and they just want to break a sweat. Break a sweat. And so they just want somebody who's like, come on now, ah, Zumba. Yeah, just Zumba, go do some Zumba, Peloton, yeah. right? Like all that shit. It's just people getting you pumped up. Ah, let's yeah. go, man. So if you you know you're good with that, great. But so then the other side is the technical, and I think jujitsu and martial arts in general lend themselves better to the technical coach because mm-hmm. people want that like they understand like you see like man if i'm not doing that arm bar correctly they get out of it if i do it correctly then they don't get out of it and you have this very you know this feedback this immediate feedback loop all the time letting you know and you're there with a different mindset you're wanting to learn you understand the technique the, the culture is different right when you walk into jujitsu or, or your martial arts in general just the mindset that you approach it with is completely different than when you go into the gym. Yep. Where your mind space is is completely different. They shouldn't be, I guess. But it is. But it is for most people. <clears throat> they don't, and that's where they want to be. And so, you know, but being like that raw, raw coach, that almost seems out of place in a martial arts setting. Yeah. Right? You imagine like, all right, man, we're doing our drills. Come on, guys. Come on. I mean, there's a little bit of that. Like you can interject some energy. I think that just being a total dead fish as a coach, you know, isn't uh, the best, but yeah, just having like Bambi up there and her fucking spandex bouncing around, like, you know, cheering you on while you're doing your, your drills seems silly, right? Just like that really highly technical coach, you know, the, someone's coaching a Peloton class and he's sitting there like, all right, guys, come on, you know, whatever, I don't even know, fucking what would be like <laughs> super technique. technical. Yeah, Peloton <laughs> technique, but with very little emotion would seem out of place. And so right. it's like, I just, I feel like for me personally, my, uh, I am set up better for coaching jujitsu than I am for coaching fitness stuff. Like I'm good at coaching fitness, like the technique side of it, but man, I've said many times, like I don't like personal training because I feel like I'm responsible for your happiness on a daily basis or a regular basis. That's not me. That's not your role. That's not me, man. No, I'm not responsible for your happiness. Cause when people come into a fitness, they want a good time. Right. You know, they want the energy. They want a good time. They want this stuff. Like they're they're coming to it, you know, for for that as well. And you want that from jujitsu as well. But again, just just the expectation level is different. And so, you know, if you walk out of a fitness class and you feel like you didn't get a good workout, and you're oh, you're upset because didn't get pushed hard enough or didn't sweat hard enough or whatever. But you know, jujitsu, it's like, you know, I don't know. It's a lot. Like it's not as much. It's more internal than external. Right, like people feel like they got a good class if they feel like, oh, like if, if if at one point during the class they have one of those like light bulb moments. Oh, light bulb moment. 
That was a good class. Yeah. That was a good class. So you can come out of a class, you know, feeling like you wasted your fucking time, you know, drilling something, not really learning anything. And so it's like those light bulb moments, I think, are more what people are looking for with jujitsu and the fitness side of it is a side effect of seeking yeah. those light bulb moments. Whereas like in the fitness side, it's the complete opposite. They're like, they're I just want to break a sweat. Bulb. Yeah, they're not looking for light bulb And the light bulb moments. moments are almost an accident. Right. So, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, man, I'm, I'm pumped. I'm excited. You know, when I close my gym down, I forget how long it's been, man. It's probably been about six years since I closed that gym down. Uh, if you would have asked me if I was going to open up another gym, I'd have been like, no what way. What did I even? Never. I, I'm pretty sure I don't have it documented. My memory is a little skewed. I've been hitting the head a lot in my 40 years. But I'm almost positive. We've been pretty good friends now for a while. And I'm almost positive. I've heard you say it one more time. At one point in time, I will never have another facility again. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I have, man. I'm almost certain I've heard yeah. you say that. And yeah. I have for, you know, for a lot of reasons we just talked about. Like, it is a lot of work, man. It's a lot of work. It is. It a is. Lot of, there's a lot of money involved, a lot of time involved, stress. Yeah. And it's... People forget, man, the word passion means to suffer for. Yes. It does not mean have a good time with. Yeah, it's definitely not all rainbows and unicorns. No. It's way less rainbows and unicorns Yeah. than mm-hmm. one would hope. Yeah, but it's worth it, man. It's worth it. Like I said, you have those light bulb moments as a coach or to, to see your students have that those moments. And it's because uh, you know, like, man, you're impacting people on such a deep level. Uh, you know, someone can come work out with you for six months and, you know, whatever. They stop working out, they lose the gains, blah, blah, blah. Maybe they learn a little better technique. But it's like, <clears throat> dude, your life gets impacted so much with martial arts and jujitsu specifically that it, I, I just, I, yeah, it just, it's going to impact people. And you know, we were talking about that. I keep telling people, like, really, it's not jujitsu. Like, what I'm excited about is the, the jujitsu lifestyle. Like, to me, that's what is really exciting and, and sharing that with people yes yeah. it's not jujitsu jujitsu is part of this much bigger picture that once you get kind of sucked in you get you become part of it and so you start thinking about what you eat for breakfast is impacted by doing jujitsu yeah. making sure you get enough sleep like you, you know whether you're going to have that extra beer or not i mean all of a sudden you have a reason to, to, you know, live a better life, to put better thoughts in your head, better food in your mouth, better habits, all of these things, you're going to see like, holy shit, my jujitsu will get better if I do these things. And so jujitsu is the catalyst for it. Like you were kind of my inspiration for this insight it is, you know, you had your knee surgery, so you couldn't do jujitsu. So you remove jujitsu from the jujitsu lifestyle, man, you still have a really healthy, positive lifestyle. You work out, you eat well, you know, all of these things. And you're doing them with your eye on, I'm going to get back to jujitsu. It may be nine months down the road, but this is my lifestyle. This is who I am. And it's part of it before you had the knee surgery. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It wasn't like, oh, I've I've got to put these things in place now because I can't do jujitsu and I got to find other things to try to... No, 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 no. That was just, you know, who you are and what you do. It's part of the the jujitsu lifestyle. So you took jujitsu out. You started a really super healthy lifestyle going. And, you know, I don't think you can say that about other activities. Like, uh, you know, I kind of pick on mountain biking a bit, but I was thinking like, man, what the fuck is the mountain biking lifestyle? It's pretty much drinking beer and smoking weed interrupted by riding your bike. Like, it's really kind of what it is. Like, I'm not saying that's what it is for everyone, but you look at the mountain biking culture. It's not train hard, eat well, 
you know, mental train. Like these things are not, it, it is that old school, like just send it, bro. Just drink a beer and send it like that. That's still a really, you know, major part of the culture and the lifestyle that that culture breeds. And so if you take mountain biking out of the equation, what are you left with? Nothing. Drinking beer and smoking weed. Right. That's not a healthy lifestyle. Right. And so you're, I would argue the same thing with like uh, fitness. The fitness culture is not healthy. No. Right? Because yeah. you, re- you remove that. It hasn't instilled all the other pieces of the puzzle that go into having a healthy lifestyle. Yeah. It hasn't just ingrained them into your nature. And there can be like things actually that you're doing that are negative. Yeah. Right? Like you're, you're doing, you know, taking supplements or, uh, you know, doing things from a dietary standpoint or, or whatever. Right? Like you can take, you can do things that are unhealthy in this pursuit of, you know, this fitness thing. And so like, dude, I can't think that any, any lifestyle where you're basically getting amped up on 500 milligrams of caffeine, you know, going in and just like beating your body to a fucking pulp on a regular basis, like that's not healthy, you know? And then everyone, like, I don't know. It's, and and it's such a supplement driven thing, right? Like I think anytime you have technology, that's, that's the kind of the common factor with cycling too. You see that it's a technology driven sport. And so it's a lot easier to like, if you want to improve your, you know, power to weight ratio, you can pay a bunch of money and drop weight on your bike versus losing that five pounds that you need to lose. Right. And so you can, you can get, you can always think technology is going to provide the answer on jujitsu there. That's no way. Like your body's all you got. Like that is your fucking technology. And so the, the fitness world, like the supplement side of it. People don't think about it, but that is that technology side. That's what they sell you on. Like if you're not seeing the gains that you want, what is the real reason you're not seeing it? Take this pill. You're not taking the right pill. You don't have the right protein. You don't have the right supplement. So you're missing, yeah, exactly, the right pre-workout. So there's this this technology aspect in the the supplement side that gets, you know, people that kind of blurs that picture and people can overlook Things. And you don't have that direct feedback loop again. Like, dude, how long does it take to see noticeable results from, you know, doing a fitness thing? It's going to take at least a couple weeks, two, at three, least. four weeks, you know, if not depending upon what you're looking right. for. If you're trying to put on muscle, you know, it, it takes take a long, long time. Right. Man. So how the feedback loop isn't as immediate. So again, with jujitsu, it's like, nope, that worked. That didn't work. You know, whatever. Oh, that, that, that was the breeze of fucking inequality right there. Not even the breeze of equality. You know, so the feedback loop is so much more immediate that, um, and again, man, you, you drink too much the night before and then you go in and you roll. Like, you know it. You yeah. didn't eat well. You didn't hydrate versus you, know you do. It's like the impact is so much more immediate. The feedback loop is so much more, uh, so, so much faster that I think that it, it leads to that. Uh, kind of healthy, healthy lifestyle aspect that, you know, other sports where the feedback loop is slower and you have a higher technology component. Um, it's really easy to develop a negative lifestyle around those things. Yeah, dude, I don't, you know, I've been pretty active almost my entire life and I've never been a part of anything that does that like jiu-jitsu does it yeah yeah i i, I just think brazilian jiu-jitsu checks so many boxes of 
just feels it fits you know so many needs we have as a species as a human you know from your tribe to your yeah to your mental stimulation to your physical outlet all these things that are really important it checks all those boxes and so it's so fulfilling because of that it makes it easy to just be like oh no this is how i live and yeah i really yeah. think that's what it is because it is it is so rewarding and fulfilling on so many different fronts that you want to give as much of yourself to it because you get the more you give to it the more you get back out of it the jiu-jitsu universe is all, yeah. all like here you go yeah you're giving to us here you go we give it back so yep. yeah 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 no man that's a huge part again that social aspect yep. again a lot of things again like you know keep picking on them but you know cycling mountain biking your fitness world like there's such solo endeavors like when you're doing them it's all about you right like when i'm rolling with you it's not all about me like it's you, it, like my most important asset is you. Like my training partners are my most important asset. It's not me. And if you're the if you, all you're worried about is you, I mean that's that's the ego, right? Like that's the the person who's only worried about them, and you know hurting their training partners. Never you know just just being an asshole all the time because it's all about me. Those people don't make it in the jujitsu world. Like you have to learn. Like no man, it's the it is so much more about than about you. And I think that that is just one of those the, those overall things, man, that the jiu-jitsu lifestyle helps people in everything they do, man. Because now when you go outside the walls, like you're looking at the world differently. One, you realize that you don't know shit and that dude that you, you know, might have fucking honked at and gotten all angry at, uh, you know, might be able to kick your ass and, you know, let's just keep it cool. And But also you're like, man, you, I don't know, you just feel a different connection with people it's like you just look at people differently because you, you realize differently yeah like that dude could be my training partner yep. like that that person could walk in the gym tomorrow and join the gym and it's like you know yeah it's, it's a different it's a different way of looking at people than just constantly it just it's such a me-centered society and then to go and do a sport that's so fucking me-centered you know i think just feeds into so many negative things and so yeah having a sport that forces you to see the bigger picture and the value that other people bring to your life and to your, your pursuits um, is, is better, man. It helps a lot. It helps so much. You know, I, I got a funny story on that. kind of ties into that. So at work yesterday, dude, my very first delivery of the day, I show up and pull up to back up to this loading dock, get out, and the shipping receiving guy there is just, a, dude, he is an asshole. I mean, he is being super fucking rude. And just, and the first thing, he said something really rude at first, and I just kind of let it roll off my back. I'm like, all right, man, it's early in the morning. You know, this guy's just having a bad day. I'm not going to get upset about this. Yeah. But then he continued down this path. And I was like, nope, we're not doing this today. (laughs) And uh, I was like, hey, man, I was like, if you got a problem with what I'm doing, just ask. I was like, you're being a dick. That's not going to solve anybody's problems. And he kind of looked at me, and then he had a couple of his coworkers, because a couple of his coworkers there, and their eyes got all big, because you could clearly tell that like, this guy was just a dickhead to everybody, yeah. And everybody there just kind of wrote it off, like, oh, that's just how he is, yeah. No, not my, not my world, man. You're not talking to me like this, because yeah. I can just tell from this quick interaction that I'm probably smarter than you. You seem to be just an ignorant dick, <laughs> and if you really want to keep going down this dickhead path and escalate it, I'm gonna slap the shit out of you. <laughs> so where's this going, man? You know, and so. And I was like, dude, you're just being a fucking asshole, man. I was like, if you've got a problem, ask me to do something differently. 
talk to me. Quit being a dick right now because this isn't going to fly. He's like, oh, I don't have time for this. I was like, oh, yes, you do. Because you started this being an asshole. We're going to come to a solution real quick before anything goes anywhere. And he was just like, dude, he had never been talked to like that. You could tell. Oh, it's funny. He turned out to be really nice after. <laughs> Such a bad guy. And I said, yeah, but he, you could just clearly tell that no one had ever yeah. brought it to his attention. And that, just, that was just how he operated. He was just yeah. a fucking asshole. And I'm like, no, nah, man, you don't talk to me like that. I don't yeah. give a fuck who you are. That's funny. You do not talk to me like that. Treat me with respect, man. I'll treat you with respect back. Yeah. You know, you can just tell he intimidates people. He's a little bit bigger dude. You know, so he, he can act like this and get away with it. And I'm like... Not my world, son. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> you know, like, cause you, you draw this out. Okay. Okay. What is your behavior going to accomplish? And if you keep extrapolating out you being an asshole, where, how far are you willing to take being an asshole? Yeah. I bet you I'm willing to go a little bit farther than you. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, it's like, what are we, yeah. What how are we is doing? Accomplishing what how, we're looking yeah. at. I just want to get this delivery yeah, done. Yeah. That's, that's the exact words I said to him. I was like, listen, man, my job, my, my, when I get here, my goal is to make your life and my life as easy yes. as possible. Yes. We're just both here earning a paycheck, yep. man. I was like, I'm not here to stir up shit. I'm not here to get in an argument. Everything is just to be as easy and as smooth as possible. How does you being an asshole to me accomplish this for either one of us? Right, yeah. And he was like, <laughs> I'm like, so, again, would you like me to do something different or are you going to continue to be a fucking dick? <laughs> It was funny, man. I had, by, the, by the time I'm having this conversation with like three or four people, I started listening and shit. They were like, oh, fuck. Yeah, yeah man. But no. I, I had just flipped that switch. I was like, no, man. Not today. Yeah. It's not happening, buddy. Yeah, you try, man. What's The problem is, is people mistake your kindness for weakness. Yeah. that's and, and then they start going based on their assumption that you're weak and you're in a position of weakness and they can just keep pushing. I've had to... Uh, I've, I've literally had to say that to a couple people like look man like don't mistake my kindness for weakness like let's get this conversation going in a different path real quick or else I'm gonna have to change my tone like I'm not being cool here because I'm not willing to fucking escalate things I'm just trying to be cool so you know where is this going like you know the exact same thing and uh but yeah like you said you can tell so many people don't you know, they're not used to that. Yeah. And so, but the big thing is, again, like going back to like, you know, jujitsu is like, you know, the way that you handled that, you handled it, you know, even though you're calling the dude out, you're handling it calmly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't start raising my voice. Yeah, you're not escalating. You're not getting in his face. There's none of this like, what's up, man? Like, what you know. You got a fucking problem? Yeah. You know, and so like even that, you know, the way that you handled it, you know, is a direct result of... Jiu-jitsu. Yes, and, exactly. And, and, and training, yeah, letting you handle things. So I think we have a, uh impromptu Pokemon, Pokemon update. Mm-hmm. Yes. Two, actually. Two, all right. So uh, I'm saving best for last. So the first one is um, a Pikachu. It's a pretty silly looking one, but it actually, but it's actually sold for $300. Whoa. That's what the internet said. Yes. So it's, I didn't realize these Pokemon it, cards could hold so much value. It's a bat. Yeah. It's a basic, and uh, it has sixty hit points, a lightning type, and its attacks are not, which does ten damage and thunder jolt thirty damage. And then this is the last one, which is the best. 
It's a Dragonite GX. It's the last stage. It's a Dragon type. It has 250 hit points. Its attacks are Dragon Claw and it does 130 damage and Sky Judgment 270 damage. Sky Judgment. How come you have this in a special little holder? It's a hyper rare. Oh, and so you got to take good care of it, huh? Yeah. That's good. He takes good care of it by putting it in there, and then he stuffs it in his pocket, <laughs> takes it to school. Like, he does... He, he, that no, thing is, no, I did not do it hey, today. I know, I know, I know, I know. Listen, I'm just... The, the thing is, is that it you... It was only one time. I know. But the thing gets put in the case and then exposed to every danger in the world. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's kind of funny. But, uh, also, um, the Pikachu sold on line for uh, $300 isn't shiny, and this Pikachu card is actually a shiny one. Mm. So you gotta take, well, you gotta take care of the real expensive, you know, special yeah, ones like that. You gotta I, put them in the holders, and then... I don't know how much, again, I wasn't involved with the value assessment. <laughs> So I'm not really sure that, I mean, you know, that that's the $300 Pikachu it card. Is. All right, man. Listen, don't get all upset. So it's a cool card. Like, it, it very well could be. I don't know. So. Tita. No, man, listen, we're not going to we're not gonna hash this out. All I was right? going to tell her to show you that. I know, that's what I said. Was... We're not going to hash this out right now. Maybe after the podcast. Maybe. Probably not. I don't care enough. Thanks for the update, buddy. Thanks for the update, man. We love those cards. Keep them coming. See? That's really a $300 card. I don't know if I should be letting them treat it like that. Exactly. You know what I mean? So it's like... Well, they're saying that it isn't a $300 card, so I'm not treating it well because you're saying it. Okay. Thanks, dude. Yeah, they just came back from, I don't know, where were they? They went over to my mom's house, and all of a sudden, they're just like, oh, this thing's, a, you know, this one sold for $300, and this one's a $80 card, and I'm just like, man, I don't know, maybe. There's a bajillion right. of those fucking cards, man. There's like eight different type of Pikachu cards. So, uh, I have a hard time believing that the card that he got in a pack yesterday you know what I mean? It's not it's even possible. It is possible, it is but, possible. but usually like there's a rarity and a scarcity aspect to the right. more expensive ones because and that's like they it, came out a few and years ago. That's why ago. the value shoots up. Right? Yeah. If you're getting so that's because that's how it works with like baseball cards right. and and things like that. I just again like I am just I am basing this on my uh, you know experience. I when I was a kid, I collected baseball cards. I got the fucking the what was it the Beckett monthly or whatever oh the, yeah 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 they would tell you all the prices of the cars oh, and yeah. all the stuff and so you know I have a little bit of an idea of how the collectibles market uh works um and so that's why I'm like dude that's you know if that's a $300 card great like maybe we shouldn't be letting you just throw it around Stuff like it that but then again it's like you know, I don't know. He's a kid. He wants to play with the car. Do I want to turn into an, a whole adult thing and be like, oh, this one's too expensive and you can't play with that one? Or, you know, if he really wants to. And so, but uh, again, like I said, just I don't know why he, he got that pack last week. It's not, you know, a rare pack. It's not something, you know what I mean? So maybe, but how few of those fucking things do they have to put 
in the packs for it to be worth three hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. You know, like so. Yeah, maybe, maybe. And I'm always open to that possibility. But I think that they may have seen a card that looks similar that was from a different series, maybe. And so it, it's not quite the same one. But that's that's where I'm leaning. Yeah. Yeah, but you never yeah. know. You never know, you man. Never know. Some people, and again, there's the old, well, that's what they say online versus like what people are actually willing to pay. Right. So I love that in like Pawn Stars. Have you watched that show? I, I know the premise. Yeah, but anyways, people walk in and they're like, how much do you want for it? And they're like, I want $300 for this card. Where did you get that number? Well, I saw online people were eBay. selling it for $300. Right. And it's like, hmm, you know, there's a difference between what people are, you know, asking for and what it actually sells for. So... It's, uh, yeah, you can, exactly. You can find it on eBay for sale for $300, but I don't know how many people are paying that. Yep. So there you go. Pokemon card That's update. Pokemon update. Yeah, but he did <laughs> forget, air quotes, <laughs> that he had his entire binder of Pokemon cards in his backpack yesterday and took his entire binder of cards to school. He just forgot that they were that in he had there. put it into his backpack yeah and i'm speculating he doesn't normally store it in his backpack no things don't go in his backpack for <laughs> sure. and it's a you know he's a small child with a large with it not a large backpack so like you put a binder full of cards in a backpack that's not necessarily designed well no it's not that it's just you'll notice it you know right. what i mean like if you had something that weighed a few pounds in your backpack and it normally doesn't and you pick the backpack up so it's just it's one of those like listen man you didn't you know you didn't forget you Pretend pretended that you forgot I've done that I remember oh, when yeah. I was a kid pretending to forget a few things oh yeah but uh, no so that was why he was a little defensive when I was talking about taking him to school ah, okay. like it just happened that one day <laughs> <laughs> it's like I know man I know I'm not trying to pick a fight here so but yeah the Pokemon cards they're an interesting, interesting yeah. thing for him. They are helping him read though. Dude, he can read good. I yeah. can't pronounce half those stupid Pokemon words. Yeah, well, it's all. It's funny. One of the things they sent him home with for homework was what they call like nonsense words, mm-hmm. and they're basically just trying to teach the kids how to. You know, it's funny. Like you again, it's like principle based versus memorization. Like, memorization, right? So you can memorize that R E A D spells, you know, red. And, and so you memorize that that says red, or you understand the principles behind sounding out the word, and and why is that? Why do those letters make the sounds that say red? And that way you're going to be able to use that. So if someone shows you R E A D Y, you know they don't have to tell you what that says. You can make a pretty good guess. Mm-hmm. Whereas if all you've done is memorize what words look like. And so you're just like like time multiplication tables type memorization. Mm-hmm. Then you come across words that don't that you haven't memorized, and you have no 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 principles, no basis for which to try to figure that out. You're you're forever reliant on someone giving you the answer. Someone has to tell you what that word says so that you can memorize it, versus mm-hmm. you being able to figure it out yourself. And so again, you, know, you don't think about it, but then you're like. Oh yeah, like kid, you can learn to read two totally different ways. Mm-hmm. And it's like doing jujitsu. Jujitsu the same way. Yeah. Are we memorizing techniques or are we learning principles? Yep. And if you're learning techniques, you're forever going to be looking for that technique. You have a problem, 
you got to go to someone else to get an answer for a technique. And versus if you got principles, you can fucking figure something out. And uh, yeah, the same thing. So he those, those nonsense words that they sent him home with, I realized like that's all those Pokemon names are. And he's so good at sounding out those nonsense words that like he can read. Uh, yeah, he reads really well. What kind of words are on the nonsense words page? Do you remember? I don't, man. Just like I can't even because they're not real words. You know, they're just like like just sounds mm-hmm. that uh so i don't know i can't even think of one <laughs> how do all i can think of are words you know what i mean yeah. like when you try to think of like a yeah. nonsense word it's that's like, i was kind of curious i was kind of curious as to what they were using for nonsense words on that same main uh how did he do his little performance the thing that he had memorized yeah it's coming up okay. this Just week i think curious as to how that went yeah no he's uh he's he's got it memorized so no, it'll be this week. We'll see his, his Christmas performance. Sweet. I think Shiloh's got a concert, too, that uh, we get to go to. Nice. So, yeah. And yeah, it's that time of year. Christmas time with kids. I can't believe it's Christmas already. Whew. I know. It's crazy. Yeah. I know. It's funny. My mom came over yesterday, and we were talking about Christmas presents, and we got that all hashed out, or just, you know, she's like, oh, what do you want? It's like, oh, God, okay, what do I want? It's, like, so hard to think of, you know, what I want. And so I thought of something and then we were done and then she was getting ready to leave and she's like, oh yeah, what do you want for your birthday? Which is like two days after Christmas. And I'm like, oh fuck. It's like, I, can't, I, I don't want to think about it right now. I'm like, I'm done thinking about what presents and for me to have to mentally change gears back in that direction is just going to be painful. Like, I'll think about it. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. <laughs> so, but yeah, I've got to, uh, yeah, I got my fucking birthday coming up, yeah. which is... Good. Good. How old are you going to be? 44? 44, man. Damn. I know. I know. They just keep coming. <laughs> they do just keep coming faster and faster. Yeah. Man, it's been... This last year has been pretty full. I mean, it's... Uh, it's an interesting thing, man. It's one of those things like you think... You look back and you're like, God, that year flew by. But then you think back and you're like... You know, you think about some of, like, all of the of fucking events that happened over the last year. And then you think about some of them, and you're like, dude, that was only, like, a month ago? That was only, like, two months ago? That seems like, you know, a year ago or whatever. So, it's funny how the mind thinks about time, because, you know, on one scale, yeah, it flies by. But, on the other hand, it's, there's, been, there's been a lot going down. There's a lot of shit going down. I mean, a year ago... We were getting ready to go compete at uh, Nogi Worlds. You get, that was last year you guys did Nogi Worlds? Um, last year we did Nogi Worlds. Okay. So we went from Nogi Worlds to opening a gym in a year. In a year's time. Yeah. Yeah, because I bet you Nogi Worlds is probably going down. Like It's this weekend. Is I it think. this weekend or next weekend? Next maybe? weekend. Next weekend? Yeah. Yep. Yes, next weekend. Won't be hmm. able to make it there this year, but maybe next year. Maybe next year. Yeah, it'll be. Uh, I'm shooting for Masters Worlds next year. Yeah, yeah. I didn't do it this year. I didn't do it either. I haven't been back for a while. Right? Yeah. No. Did I do it this year? No, I couldn't have. I had surgery this year. I did it the year before. That's they, right. Year that's before right. you. Went year with the before. Girls. That's right. I went. I was the tag along on a girls trip. That's right. That's right. So. And this year I definitely didn't do it because I had surgery in March. Yeah, so it's been like three years. It'll be like three years for me. We should plan on going. Yeah. No. I, I, the. Th- I, yeah. I definitely agree. It's funny. I'm thinking, uh, you know, I think that competing is important, and I also think that leading from the front is important. 
And so, like... Hence, you gotta go compete. Yeah, yeah, I'd be at least, you know, yeah. It, it, my motivation and my thought process on competing is definitely different if you're, you know, a leader versus just, hey man, this is just something I do. I just do it for fun, right? This isn't my job, this isn't my thing. It's just, I do it for fun. But, it's really, I, I think, for hobbyists like us, and then being leaders and teachers and instructors, I think the best way, most healthy way to frame competition is just, it's really just another practice. Yeah. It's just a little bit, maybe more intense practice, but it's, that's really, it's all it is. Just look at it like that. It's just, you're out there training with somebody you've never trained with before or you don't, or you don't get trained with very often, you know, yeah. running the same guys sometimes at local tournaments. But if you really, if you frame it like that, it's really, that's your most benefit. Yeah, that just it's just another way to test your jujitsu. You're just testing it, you know, against somebody kind of new that doesn't know all your patterns. You don't know your training partner's patterns, so you're out there, give it a whirl. Like, oh, that doesn't work. Just, next time we go to practice, we'll try to fix this. You know, it's I, on. I think if you frame it like that, I think it's a good mindset. Yeah, to make it the most beneficial experience. For sure, yeah. I mean, there's definitely a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of different ways to frame it mm-hmm. to make competition less stressful, you know, no one's, you know, everybody still loves you, you know, the sun's going to come up tomorrow, this isn't the gladiator arena where you may end up with a thumbs down. You will not be shunned from the tribe. Right, yeah, yeah, exactly, you know, so there's a lot of, but what the funny thing is, is at the end of the day, there's no way you're going to be able to frame it that doesn't make it stressful. No, it's still going to be stressful. It's still going to be stressful. I, I would say like, even everyone has, even just you know, you get to where the stress levels aren't as high. But you're still going to be stressed. Always going to have some stress. And I was uh, watching, um, I got Kit Dale's new, uh, he had a Black Friday special on his new instructional. And he was talking about competition. And yeah, he had a good point. And I realized, like, dude, it's so fucking true. Like, dude, as soon as you step on the mat and you slap hands, you're not nervous anymore. Nope. Like, if you can just make it to that moment. Then you're good. You're good. You've done that because you've done that a million times. Yes. All of a sudden, the nerves aren't there. Yeah. Like, when you're wrestling, the nerves aren't there. And it's it really, it, it's because it's the unknown. Yeah. And, and, you know, I deal with that on a day-to-day basis at work. Is You know, I don't know where I'm going to have to go deliver and what the snow road conditions and blah, blah, blah. And all these unknowns are stressful. Yeah. And it, I constantly have these little mental fights in my head. Like, okay, well, don't think about that. That's an uncontrollable. I'll figure that out when I get there. Like, don't. But it's the same thing with jujitsu. Yeah. Like, don't worry about who you're going against. Don't worry about what he's going to do. Those are all unknowns. You can't control them. All you can control is showing up, slapping his hand, and then there you go. It's it's the same thing. It's the same mindset. You just yeah. Just... Can't control the unknowns. Accept that that's what they are and. It's a fun way to get through to that moment. Because once moment. you get to the moment, things will be fine. Yep. It's leading up to that moment. That, that sucks. This is where the stress <laughs> is. Yeah, that's the funny thing. You're stressed about the competition, but you're not actually stressed during the competition. Yeah, it's all leading up. Yeah. And I know it, it has. People have obviously had like mind fucks. And, and have, but for the most part, I would say like 90 plus percent of the time when, you know, for everybody that's competed, like the, once you slap hands, the nerves are gone or like greatly reduced. Like the it's 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 the leading up to it that's the fucking hard part Mm -hmm. so it's uh but anyways i thought that was a good point like something again just another mental trick to try to help you get through the stress of the moment leading up to the moment is like well if i I can just get to that moment then i know that you know this is all in my head that i won't have to actually deal with this this isn't how i'm gonna feel while i'm competing because that's what gets stressful is you think like fuck you, you feel stress and then you're thinking about competing and you're thinking about competing while you're stressed 
And so you're like, I don't want that to happen. That sucks ass. So, uh, yeah, it's, but again, it's another one of those things the jujitsu lifestyle does for you, man. It puts you in those positions. Easily put, you can easily be put in a position where you have to become mentally stronger and, and deal with these things. And, you know, again, we live in a, in a world where comfort is... The, Everybody's uh, seeking comfort. Everybody wants that comfort, man. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Got to unseek it some. So, anyways. Do I have this... Uh, speaking about uh, not seeking comfort, I was reading um, the MacArthur biography last night, and I, I came across this one little passage, man. I just had to, like... It stuck in my head. I was like, dude, these were just... They're just different breeds of motherfuckers out there. And they were talking about when uh, the, the you know, U.S. Army had gotten pushed off. When the Japanese invaded the Philippines the first time, The basically they weren't prepared to defend. And it was tough to defend. So they had this plan to all retreat to the Bataan Peninsula, which was a more easily um, defendable spot. But, it, you know, they still eventually went down. That's where, like, the Bataan Death March mm-hmm. came from. was, like, when after they surrendered, like, getting marched to the camp. And they just were, like, however many drop off dead uh, is fine. But um, they had, during the fighting, they would have <clears throat> small Japanese units that would actually make it through the line. And then get behind, uh, you know, the Army's line. <clears throat> so you'd have, like, small units, you know, one, two, three people. And they'd be sniping and causing problems. And so they had to go fucking take care of them. And, you know, volunteers would volunteer to go into the fucking woods and hunt these fuckers down. And they mentioned one dude in particular, I forget his name, but they're like the way they put it, man, like it was one of those times when you read something and you're just like, dude, the words, like the, the, the way that they put that was so fucking awesome. But it was said like, you know, just armed with a, a rifle, a Japanese submachine gun, and an armful of grenades. He went time and again into the woods, you know, picking off snipers like a big game hunter. And <laughs> <laughs> was awesome. I was like, oh man, it's fucking great. And then, <clears throat> so like, one of the times he went in, he didn't come back out. And they went and found him. And he was propped up against a tree dead. And at his feet were the three Japanese guys that fucking charged him with bayonets. So he like, took out three of them. Took out three end. of them. Yeah, they got him. They got he took him. out three of them. I'm like, dude, what? That is fucking gangster. Yeah. Just grab a fucking armful of grenades, a grenade, a fucking rifle, a submachine gun. You took off some, you know, dead enemy, crawling into the woods by yourself, hunting dudes. Like that is just bananas, that's man. Hard, that's hardcore. And all around, this is dirt while the fucking fighting's going right. on. There's a war going on around you. And now you got your own little private war. Yeah, yeah, man. I was like, dude, that, uh, yeah, it's interesting, man. I think that it, uh, you know, I read about that and it's like, fuck, it, it seems like foreign. It's like almost like how I can't even fathom being put in that position, but I'm sure before that guy was put in that position, he couldn't fathom right. being put in that position. And like, that's the thing, man. Like we all, we're all here because someone, some you know, guys like that. Well, no, no, no. People in our past fucking fought and killed people, yep. right? Like, none of us are here because you are, you're you're not the fucking uh, offspring of pacifists. No. No. <laughs> no. Don't get it twisted, man. Don't get it twisted, man. Mm-hmm. And when push comes to shove, like, you'd be surprised what you're capable of doing, both physically and mentally. And, uh, you know, it's always that, that thing, man. Like, we are 
we're, we're capable of so much more than we give ourselves credit for. And, you know, whether it's stepping up, you know, doing something just extremely heroic and selfless like that, or just, you know, fucking doing a jujitsu competition or whatever, you know, it's like the, but that's kind of what got me thinking about that is like, you know, you, you get put in these situations and you, you know, you kind of have to, right? Like it's one of the things like people talk about war, it sucks. But by the same token, like how many times do people come out and say like, man, there were positive things that I gained from it. And it's because you're, you're forced into these situations that, you know, fucking adapt or die. Right. And so again, kind of like on the jujitsu mat, like we're, we get to tap before we die, mm -hmm. but you are, it's adapt or die, man, adapt or die. And again, it's that, that primal fucking thing that I think, you know, it's cool. It's cool to have a way to tap into that and scratch that itch without having to fucking crawl into the woods <laughs> and, I, and to actually die. And actually yeah. might die. Yes. Yeah. We don't go into practice thinking they like, I could die at practice today. Right. You know, no, no. It's, it's cool. You, I mean, you flirt with that. You know, I'm just a really small fraction of a thing. Yeah. You know, we're simulating murder on each other, but it is. You're, you're tapping into that a little bit. Again, yep. another reason why jujitsu is so cool. It is so cool, man. Everybody needs to do it. We all have it in us. Like, again, you you want to pretend that, oh, I'm nonviolent. It's okay, great, man. But it's in sometimes, your genes, brother. Sometimes violence is it's forced upon you. And it it's is. Be, it's better to know how to do it than not. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's that's better, the thing, It's better man. to know how to control the violence or yeah. be violent. Yeah. Be more efficient at being violent. Yup. Dude, that, I mean, that's one of the big uh, interesting takeaway messages because the, like the MacArthur biography and the uh, Gandhi and Churchill one that I read before, they all take place in the same time. Like you guys were all contemporaries with each other. And one of the, thing, one of the things that led directly to World War II was after World War One, people were like, we're fucking done. I, the last thing we want to do is go to war again. And it was a huge pacifist movement, a huge just movement, like no war. Like they actually, you know, had treaties that nations were signing saying, you know, war is illegal and we're not going to have war anymore. And so, but that mindset led directly to the environment that allowed Germany to rearm and, and Imperial Japan to start doing their shit. And everyone was just in this pacifist mood. And that, man, if we... You know, the if we try to appease them, if we try to understand them and appease them, then they will uh, see the right and they'll see the light and they'll, you know, come to our side. And it's like, mm. nope, wrong. It's, it's just not realistic, man. It's just not realistic. Like, it's just such a fucking pie in the sky, like unreality that to try to make decisions based on that filter is stupid. It, it, it's not, um, it's childish is what mm. it is. So, it's not not the reality of things. Unfortunately, unfortunately, I wish it was. Yeah, man. hell yeah, I wish it was. But yeah, there's some terrible people out there. Yeah, and they will exploit it. They will. They will. They will. They will take your fucking weakness or kindness for weakness, and then they will try to exploit that. And then you find out like shit. Was this really weakness? Like, and then it's, sometimes it's harder, right? Like it's easier to step up early than it is to. It's like with the bully, man. Like. You fucking stand up to them early and they know like, oh, you know, it's going to be a lot easier than if they get in the pattern and think that, man, I got you, you know, so, so, you know, like your, your fucking conversation with that dude, it's what it is. It's like, if you don't nip that in the bud early, right. And that conversation just keeps rolling and he keeps fucking doing that. Eventually yeah. he, he says or does something that kind of crosses a line 
and now all of a sudden you guys are in this weird tense situation and it's like man just you know fucking stand up for yourself nip that shit in the butt early you understand what's the difference between like your ego versus I'm trying to like I see the situation possibly going negatively it's not my ego is I'm trying to accomplish something here. I just want to unpack my packages mm-hmm. and I see this potentially going another direction. I don't want that. How do I keep this fucking going in this direction? Right? Like if you're going, you know, the bully things, I just want to go to fucking school. Right? It's not an ego thing. So I just want to go to school. I just want to be, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, how do I keep my intention in this direction? You know, it's not about revenge on the bully because that's where shit gets that's, s- yeah, squirrely. That's gets squirrely quickly. Yeah, because then you're no better. Like people forget. Like man, those, you know, the bully can become the bully. Yeah, man, pretty quick. It, it's a it's a tough thing, right? Because I mean, on one hand, like you got to be grateful for bullies on some hand, because man, without bullies, like how as a kid, how do you learn to stand up for yourself? How do you learn like right you know, like? There's something that you get. Like, I was picked on. I was bullied. I'd probably be technically, I was fucking bullied. Mm-hmm. Like, by today's standards, I was a bullied kid. Mm-hmm. You know, I just looked at it as, like, normal shit, you know? Like, everybody kind of gets picked on. I was just, you know, definitely got picked on a little bit more. I had kids trying to fucking, you know, beat me up and shit. And it's, like, it's funny when they realize, like, dude, I'm not, like, my ego is not in this. I'm not going to fucking fight you, like, all of a sudden. Because they want, they want somebody to get pissed off and, like, push back and if you're just like dude i got no i don't give a fuck i'm a skinny little kid here i know you can kick my ass like but uh yeah but the that fucking helped shape me like i wouldn't be the same person i am today if i hadn't gone through those experiences there's just no way and i'm sure you had Mm -hmm. fucking experiences like that plenty yeah and so it's like man yeah you don't want to be bullied but on same some level man like Bullies serve a role. They serve a purpose. If you were to get rid of all bullies, I don't think that that, like if you just had it where there was just no bullying at all. And again, it's like, it's so like, do I want kids getting fucking beat up, right? Like there's definitely extremes of it. It's like hazing in a a frat, right? Like we don't want kids dying, but you know, making them do some silly shit that is a little embarrassing, but it's, you know, like, do we, we don't want to get rid of all of it. There's something, you get something from that. There's something that you get from going through those little rituals and bullshit that you don't if you don't. And so it's throwing the baby out with the bathwater. It's like, I don't, for me, the problem is, is like bullying has become such an all encompassing term. Like I have to actually remind Z like, man, that kid's not a bully. Like just because he said something that you didn't like, or he didn't agree with you doesn't mean he's a bully. You know, it's kind of scary. Like, th- th- that's the, the, they've the lowered creep. That, they've lowered that bar so yes. much to what's, you know, uh, qualified as being a bully. It's definition creep. Yeah. It's it, it's crept out. Like, when we yeah. were a kid, man, the bully was the kid who physically fucking assaulted you. Yeah, and was taking your lunch. It was taking your lunch and your yeah. lunch money. Like, if you, weren't, yeah, if you weren't getting physically assaulted, like... That was a you, bully. You weren't bullied. Mm-hmm. Like, that wasn't being bullied. And... You know, and I, I agree that like there's psychological bullying, right? And so I definitely went through some of that. I remember, dude, like one day, like crying, begging my mom, don't make me go to school. I don't want to go to school. Like they fucking all make fun of me. Like it was, yeah, it wasn't fun, right? And so I don't, I know that that shit exists and I wouldn't wish that on anyone. I definitely, you know, the psychological bullying, but again, it gets taken to the point where like, you know, 
you're roughhousing with your friend on the school ground uh, playground and all of a sudden they can be like, hey, you know, that's, you know, too much, you know, bullying or whatever. It's just, it's gotten, the, the creep's gotten so bad. So that's where I'm like, man, we, you got to be careful. Like we got to, we got to teach kids to stand up for themselves. I think that's the number one thing, right? The number one thing is going to take care of bullies is kids who are bully proof, mm-hmm. right? That's the number one thing. It's not, and the, and the less opportunities there are for bullying because kids are bully proof, the less bullies there's going to be. Right. But like trying to create all these rules in this environment where no one can, I don't know, like it it just, it, you're, there's a tension between the two extremes. You know, I've talked about this a lot. It's like you're trying to find the balance between the tension rather than resolve the tension. And if you resolve the bully tension, I don't think that it would be positive. It's like you need a little bit of that tension. You need antagonists in your life. And, you know, it, it teaches you a lot of stuff. Also, empathy, right? Like, the, the people who are bullying, they usually got fucking problems of their own. Yep. I mean... Almost always. Yeah. Always they do. I mean, dude, look at they, the Simpsons, they, right? Like Nelson right. Munts, right? He was the bully, but dude, do you, <laughs> do you, do you hate Nelson? No. Right? Like, because you know, like that kid's got a fucked up life. Like, you know why he's a bully. Like, I love that character. He's such a, a great bully character because he's such an asshole, but you don't hate him because you realize, like, dude, this kid's being a bully because he's got fucking problems so anyways yeah uh-huh. yeah exactly man <laughs> such a fucking classic bully character i love that show that was a good one who was the bully on seinfeld did they have a bully who would be on who seinfeld be yeah who would be classified as the bully on seinfeld i don't know they didn't have like an ongoing no bully. You know, there would the be Nazi kind of made a little bit of there, a there would be bully some play. Ca- characters that were interjected here or there that could, you know, kind of qualify as that. Yeah, yeah. You know, maybe the soup Nazi or the the Carl Farman guy, the furniture guy. Yeah, yeah. He was yep. more of a psychological bully. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you, I know things aren't going so well. You don't have a desk to write your skits on. <laughs> you know, that would be. This is showing how much useless Seinfeld knowledge I have. I'm sure there's probably some other ones. Yeah, but they wouldn't have like the. They didn't. Yeah, because like uh, Newman wouldn't be. No. He's just kind of an antagonist. He's an antagonist. Yeah. Hmm. Anyways. Speaking of stories and literature, I've started reading the cave, the light in the cave. Yes. Cave in the light. Yes. I'm only 20 pages in or so, but I'm digging it so far. That's gonna be a good read. Yeah. It's entertaining, huh? Yeah. The way that he writes. The way he writes with Albert Herman. Yeah. Is that his name? Yeah. Author's name. Yeah. Yeah, Arthur Herman. Arthur, Arthur Herman, yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah, Herman, I think. But yeah, I really like his writing style. Yeah, again, very early on, twenty pages in. Yeah, but I, I'm like, oh, I like this. I can read this. This is because I mean that's a dense subject. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Aristotle versus Plato. The, Philosophy. It's it can get dense and it can get tough to digest and read. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's important to find an author that can portray it in a way that resonates with you. Yep. And so far. I'm liking how this guy's putting things. Cool, man. Yeah. So, yeah, you'll I'm dig pumped, it. I'm pumped to read more of it. Yeah, and again, like realizing like there were, you know, we take it, we take for granted where we are as a society as far as our philosophical uh, outlook on things like, you know, women's rights and, you know, race and things like that. But there are distinct moments where these ideas were introduced into society. Like there's a moment before these ideas, you know, entered and then you had champions, people who 
you know, champion these ideas, had these insights, and then um, help, you know, make them part of the, the scaffolding, right? Like philosophy is a scaffolding. And like, you know, the whole thing is Aristotle and Plato form that foundation. But then on top of them, you know, we're philosophers and on top of them and on top of them and on top of them. So like where we're sitting at right now is literally like, you know, the, the shoulders of giants kind of thing. Like we're at the top of this giant scaffolding. And again, that's where the whole, you got to be careful what you are trying to reshape in society because this whole, like, you know, we've got a, you know, all these old white male Christian, you know, uh, you know, we, we, we just got to rip them out. Like, you know, our, our, our history is filled with these people and, and it's horrible that it's filled with these people because, it, you know, other people should be represented better. But whatever, whatever the fucking point is. Like, but yeah, man, if you rip those people out, though, you're ripping out part of the scaffolding. And so you, you take away that foundation and then it's like, well, the rest of, you know, you take for granted where we're at, but you start ripping out parts of that scaffolding. There's going to be consequences. Yeah, you don't know where things are going to fall. And so again, like making sure you're just being really careful. You're not throwing the baby out with the bathwater kind of thing. Like we talked about like religion, I think on the last one, it's like, dude, there's something there. There's some sort of scaffolding that that, and and as you read, you'll see like what a big role religion played both positively and negatively in philosophy and in where we're at today. And so like, you know, to take that away you know, you can't just go back in history and say like, well, you know, religion, if we would have taken religion out of the picture, we still would have arrived at the same place philosophically. That's fucking impossible to say. It's bullshit. There's no way. There's no way. And so if, if religion pay, played a role in us getting to this point, you know, you rip out the fucking religion, you're, you're ripping out some of the insights and some of the, the scaffolding that comes along with where we're at. So it's like, okay, what is the negatives that we're trying to reduce you know, like I said with uh, like Gandhi, he was trying to move the color line. Well, he, he moved the color line by destroying the British Empire. It's not really the same thing. <laughs> you know, like you're 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 trying to change these these lines where people think, but just destroying the whole scaffolding of how they think isn't the same thing as, as moving that line. And uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm I'll be interested to get your uh, as you read into it more or get into it it's more. It's good. It's a uh, a good sized task. I mean that that book's like a six or seven hundred page book. Yeah. Smaller print, dense subject. Like I'm going right from Shogun, the thirteen hundred page novel that ended half. It's only half the size. Ended bullshit. <laughs> and, but now I'm into this. So sweet man, that's good. I'm always excited when I start a new book. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. I'd highly recommend that book to anyone. I, I really felt like that book did a really good job of helping me think better. Just because I'm just understanding kind of how, you know, the philosophy and, and where we arrive, where we're at, um, I think was good. So, so we got like ten more minutes here or less. Yep. I wanted wanted to uh, had a uh, two quick things, and then we'll leave it at that. So I finally watched that free solo movie. Dude, it's badass. It's badass. It? I cannot figure out how that chick got through the fucking defenses. And became his girlfriend. I know. How did that chick do that? Yep. Like, how did his friend... Like, she fucking weasel her... It's like, every one of his friends... Like, this is not good. This is you not need to good. be a samurai. You do not need this pretty, comfortable girl living Begging in a van. Begging you to not do it. Like, yes. literally saying, if I asked you to not do it, would yeah. you not... It's like, oh my god, how could you put that thought in his fucking head, hey. you selfish bitch? Uh, yeah, dude, I... I... Yeah, she, it really annoyed me. She annoyed the 
fuck out she of me. She annoyed the fuck out of me watching that movie. Yes. Very, it was selfish to her. So selfish. Like, he was on a life-threatening journey and path. She wasn't there to support him. She was not there to support him. She was there to stroke her ego. Yeah. I'm Alex Honnold's girlfriend. Yeah, dude, yeah. And if he dies, then I'm not anymore. Yeah, you could tell that Tommy Caldwell, yeah. one of his good buddy, uh, he, in my impression... That he really downplayed his disgust yes. for her role. Oh, you can tell. Yeah, that he was really trying to be PC about be it. Cool the movie. about it. But I bet you, if you were buddies with him and sat down and talked to him like you and I do, yeah, he would give you the take like, "No, nah, man, I Disgusting. that that was so, like I'm glad he made it, but her involvement was so oh, not good. No, man, not no. not good for the mindset he needs to be in, and no. No, that was. It all worked out. It it all worked out. It just showed to me. It showed even bigger what a freak that guy is. Yes, the fact that he could just look at her with those fucking. Basically, he's got like lizard eyes. Lizard eyes, dude. And he just look at her. He's like, "No, I'm gonna do it anyways." And and walks out. And it's like, and and you know, like, you know, I I would say the same thing. But then I'm walking out, and like in the back of my head, it's still fucking ringing around. It's gonna be noise that can interfere with my performance. And with him, no. His brain's wired differently. Wired differently. That's the only thing that that's, saved him. That's the only way... That chick was going to get him fucking killed. Yes. That chick would have got most She would have got most killed. people killed. She would have got most most people killed. Yep. Yeah. He, 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 being that Alex is not a most people, yep. it was the only way that was able to yeah. transpire. But That was why... That's the only reason that I... It, to me, it just it made his him even greater. Yes. Like, wow. He not only free soloed that thing, he fucking overcame that succubus. Yeah, just that her putting negative thoughts and energy oh, in his head just, yeah. don't do this. You shouldn't, you know, mm. Oh, dude. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. I remember you mentioning her and I, I watched that and I was like, dude, you were even kind of underplaying it. Yeah. I mean, that was disgusting. Just, yeah. So, anyways. Great I, fucking movie, though. Great movie, great man. Great movie, man. Loved it. Yeah. I've watched it a few times now. Yeah. It's one of those things sometimes I'll just put on in the background for noise. If I'm doing stuff, I don't feel like listening to a podcast or a book. I'm at home. Yeah. I'll just pop that on, let it play. Like, God. Oh. And I'll yeah. get sucked into watching it, even like the third and fourth time. Oh, through. yeah. Because it's just. You can't help it, You can't man. help it, man. Yeah, you watch it. Just get you so pumped. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, man. Love that movie. Yeah. So, um,. All right, and my last one is is a philosophical concept that oh. I wanted to throw out there. I was I forget where this came up, but so zero, zero is not a number. Okay. Would you argue that? Expound before I. Zero is not a number. Yeah. Zero 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 is nothing. Zero is nothing. Zero is the absence of a number. Correct. Is zero it, zero it is, is zero is. It is a placeholder for a philosophical concept. Yes, it's it's how you explain the absence of something. Yes, it's what we've it's a construct we put in place to explain the absence of things. Right. Yes. And there's, that's, there's zero trees out there. There's zero dogs in the room. There's a, you know, right. It's yes. A, it, it's the way we explain things. So, but it's not a number. It's not a number. Because if it was a number, then it, then it's not zero. Right. It's not it's, zero. It's, it's, a, it's a thing. It wouldn't imply it. Yeah. If something's not there, the absence of it can't imply the presence of it. Exactly. And that's what it, so, but that was the, I, I was explaining this to, uh, <laughs> to Shiloh because we were talking about like Roman numerals uh-huh. and you know, the Roman numerals don't have a zero. Nope. There is no zero. Every number has its own, uh, you know, uh, shape and there, you know there's a pattern to it but it's its own thing you know you don't make 20 by taking a 2 and a 0 together 20 is xx xx right. and and so uh but that was the 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 thing that why they call them the arabic numerals that was the arabs insight and actually they, they mentioned that in the cave in the light because at one point the arab world was 
you know, one of the hubs of, of, uh, you know, philosophy and stuff like that. And so, but yeah, that's, they, they came up with zero and the, the number zero, and that was the big breakthrough. And like, that's why we all use the Arabic numerals is because they came up with a placeholder for that philosophical concept that made it easier to explain things. Yeah. To create a number system versus the Roman numeral system, which is like, it's fucking gigantic. It, it's owners. So cumbersome. Yeah, so cumbersome. Couldn't use it in this day and age. Right. You, you almost have to memorize the numbers versus having this basic. Once you know zero through nine, you you can create any number in right. in, in, in the universe. You know, with with the the Arabic system. But the big breakthrough was the zero, zero which is a <laughs> philosophical concept, not an actual number. Yeah. So, and with that, we give zero more fucks. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great way to end it let me plug my other podcast real quick yes uh, again, it is out it's it out. is out we, I put out the first episode it's really rough around the edges right now man it's not even out on iTunes yet the reason being it's so annoying so I created a little logo for us mm-hmm. because the name of the podcast for it's for uh, Paul and I's podcast called The Skeptic and the Pastor so I created this little image it's a magnifying glass with a cross in the middle pretty proud of it Um, I'm not an artist in any way, shape, or form. And I got a little digital image and I uploaded it to Podbean. So our Podbean account has this cover and then then that automatically uploads it to iTunes. The reason they won't let my podcast go to iTunes is because that image does not fit their requirements. Mm-hmm. It's got to be so many pixels or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, you got to be fucking kidding me. It's got to mm-hmm. be the exact size. Yeah. And so it throws that flag in there. They just won't even let the audio content upload. It's Apple. It's a, Jesus Christ, man. Apple so, doesn't get along with anyone, man. No, so I have to. That is my pro, That is my goal for this weekend is to get that image down to the right size somehow. I might have to talk to our uh, Brazilian Nick. Yeah. Because he's a digital engineer. There you guy. go. Yeah. He can probably help me out. Yeah. I need to get that image to the right requirements so we can get to iTunes. But yeah. eventually, The Skeptic and the Pastor will be on iTunes. Right now, it's on Podbean. Yeah. And it's going to be a bi-weekly podcast. That's what Paul and I have decided on. So it's going to be the next episode. Bi-weekly. Ep- bi-weekly. We debated this We earlier. debated this. They changed the definition because people were using it wrong. <laughs> I guarantee you, dude. You, you, so? you look up the definition uh, 50 to 100 years ago, bi-weekly meant twice a week. Okay. And this is where our debate was. But if you look up the definition nowadays, they bi-weekly could be every two weeks. The definition creep. Now. And so I, I agree. <laughs> I, 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 can, I can concede. Every fortnight. <laughs> so, That's the way to Or say. bi-monthly. So every other fucking week, all right? <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> it's going to be, I think we're going to do Mondays. So our next episode shooting come out will be the 16th, I think, off the top of my head. Um, so yeah, man, it's kind of exciting. Yeah. Let's check it out. Hopefully by then it'll be up on iTunes and whatnot. Um, the Skeptic and the Pastor. And the next week's episode, or next episode will be, we're going to discuss on why uh, people have a um, bad taste in the mouth when it comes to organized religion and mm-hmm. churches. Yeah. Or more importantly, why I do, why I why I dislike organized religion and churches. Yeah. And so it'd be a good conversation for Paul and I to have, being that he runs a church. That's right. And I'm buddies with him. But I think churches are dumb. <laughs> I'm not gonna say it. You know, we're yeah, yeah. all good fun. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No. So cool, man. Yeah. They can uh find that at Podbean. Right Podbean now. right now. Skeptic if you just look skeptic and pastor, it'll It'll pop up on Podbean. I was going to tell you just a little side note. Uh, there's a website called Canva.com. Okay. You come across I've it. heard of it, yep. So you can go there. You can create a free account. But you when you create graphics, like you can say like iTunes picture or pod, uh, podcast art. And so though you will start from 
that requirement. Okay. Right? Because it's basically a certain size certain and size stuff, and right? And if it's and so, and yeah, same thing like if you try to create like an image for a Facebook header or whatever. So, yeah, you can go there and select like what you're specifically creating the image for. Okay. <clears throat> and then, so you know when you create it, it'll fit what you're creating it for. Problem solved. So, yeah. I'm going to try to do that tonight. Yeah, it's the easy Maybe one there. So, so cool. yeah, I'm excited. New little adventure. Nice, man. Paul seems pretty pumped on it. So Yeah, it's cool. exciting. Yeah. It's exciting for you guys. We'll see what happens with it. Cool. I'll give a little uh, follow us at uh, Fruita, at Fruita BJJ um, on Instagram. And uh, we'll have a website up soon, FruitaBJJ.com. We've got a Facebook page, FruitaBJJ. So, Sweet. Yeah, you guys can follow the online adventure there. Uh, we will be doing more social media than Grumpy Guy does because my wife's involved. <laughs> Did she she uh, never gave us like a resignation for the grumpy guy social media maven she just stopped doing shit yeah well we never had an official resignation I mean we weren't I fired her because (laughs) not not from lack of work it was because it was taking away from her other responsibilities (laughs) damn it I was so, gonna call her in for like an employee review and say, "Hey, uh, I don't know what's going on here?" Yeah, she, I, already, I was like, her you performance know, is so poor. Her boss and her other job started pressuring her, <laughs> so she, so I had to let her, you know, walk away from this one because right. the other guy was being a dick. All right, fair enough. So he wanted to get you know shit done with the things that actually pay the bills. <laughs> that actually, were important. So, anyways, okay, right on. Well, cool. with that, we'll uh, talk to everybody next week. See you. Thank you for listening to the Grumpy Guy BJJ Podcast. Thank you all for listening. You can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Please make sure to subscribe and leave us a review. It really does help and will allow us to keep putting out episodes. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas, hit us up at grumpyguybjj at gmail.com. Also, go to our website, grumpyguybjj.com, and get signed up for podcast updates and get our free BJJ Improvement Starter Kit. That's it for now, so get on the mat, train hard, and talk to you all next week. Where this cancer quits is for what you do. Yeah.